Yanni, DMO DJ, Jake Paul, Marcel Somerville, just a few of the massive celebrities my next guest has earned their trust and stamp of approval from. Harry Harvey is the managing director of the biggest name in Garage Transformation today, Garage Style, with hundreds of thousands of followers online, transforming garages all around the country and now the world. This is a story about what it takes to build a following, a name, a brand that demands attention and respect in a highly competitive space where it's really hard to get what many companies are trying so hard to do every single day, which is be at the forefront of people's minds. How do you do that? What does it actually take to build an everlasting brand? And at what cost, both personally and professionally? This is the Behind the Wheel podcast, and sitting in the driver's seat today is the one and only Harry Harvey. Nice one. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure, man. Long time coming. It's been a long time coming and uh, we'll get to the reason why. First and foremost, I used to ask the question a lot and then I stopped asking it and now I save it for like the special guests. So this is a special (laughs) one. You've probably seen every single car there is to see, right, in your career. Um, What would be your five car garage? Five car garage. Definitely uh, decked out yeah, in the carriage style. <laughs> Most importantly. Yeah. Um I'd definitely say Lamborghini Aventador SVJ. It's got to yeah. be in there. Yeah. Um we've done a lot of work with Urban. I like the Urban cars, so probably yeah. uh Urban G Wagon, yeah, Urban G sixty three. Um gotta be Ferrari as well. Yeah. Uh, big fan of the Ferrari P Star. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, I suppose a couple of hyper cars, probably Koenigsegg. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, we do a lot of work with Zach's Garage, Conan's yeah, 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 so yeah. we've often laid floors underneath that, um, which is pretty crazy. And then what's that? One more, probably again, something a bit more practical, Range Rover SVR, something like that. You know what's so. funny, right? Every single time I ask a question, they start off with the performance hyper cars, <laughs> yeah. and they're like, wait, I should have a realistic car as well, <laughs> yeah, I can take the, can the kids drive. to school in, or like a Tesco in. What's the best car you've ever seen? I'd probably still say Zach's Conan's Gregera, as in yeah. seen up close and seen yeah. how it, yeah, 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 how it's all made and the engineering that's gone into it is crazy. So, and um, we have got another client, Nigel Brunt, who's got the Conan's Egg. Uh, can't remember the model Agera, I think it is that one. Yeah, that's pretty crazy as well. Just the carbon, carbon full body. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's always impressive, and the value of them is just crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's astro- astronomical, isn't it? Do you ever get a chance to, like, experience them, like, sit in them or, like... Uh, we have, yeah, I've sat in a few cars. We've had clients who were, like, chuck us the keys, like, can you move the car out of the garage? But I'm normally like, no, <laughs> we leave that yeah, to you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. we have had keys thrown at us before, but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, we sit in them sometimes. Yeah, Done yeah. a few videos, sat in different cars, so Crazy. it's pretty cool. A lot of the clients obviously want to show their cars off, so... Yeah, of course. It's, um, it's pretty cool to get up close and see them in person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just talk us through, um, before we go on to the company and you know um, what you guys do and how you got to where you are, Just I, I believe that a lot of our success and who we are today is the result of our early experiences in life. Um, just talk us through early life, where it all began and those defining moments when you were young which have helped to explain or somewhat explain um, how you've got to where you got to today. Yeah, so yeah, I've always, um, like my whole family, very entrepreneurial. 
Uh, my granddad invented a lot of products, so he actually invent helped to invent um, the ballpoint pen. Oh my god! Um, so yeah, that was pretty it's quite a revolutionary pretty, piece of piece yeah. of kit. And I then mean, um, yeah. also uh, some educational toys that that everyone would recognise that they use in a lot of schools and stuff. My dad now runs a company that sells one of his products. Oh. Um, but even from a young age, a lot of my family have got their own companies and. Uh, my dad never did. He was always working a job, but yeah, I was always sort of looking at the uncles and, yeah. and the people doing their own thing and, and working with them in school holidays, just helping out different companies and always wanted to one day have my own company. So that was that was like from early on. From was, early on, yeah. yeah. So um, I think that was it originally. And then um, I started selling on eBay when I was about probably 16. Wow, um, so okay. started off with my dad's was was then selling a product online so started off just doing the ebay listings for him okay and um almost what, what sort of products uh, like a crafting tool that he sells now which was again was invented by my granddad a long time ago but my right. dad sort of probably um yeah that sort of time when i was around 16 picked that product up and said right let's do something with it yeah. so he was doing a lot of events trade shows and stuff with the products and um i'd sort of banged them on ebay and my brother banged the same products on amazon and we sort of i took ebay he took <laughs> i amazon. love it and um, <laughs> got a bit addicted to my phone going ka-ching you know and, yeah. and the money coming in so I just started sourcing products from China um, oh, wow. and also from the UK but a lot of stuff from China and ended up still to today I think we've got about 1400 eBay listings active um, yes yeah, so I was doing that for a long time was working at Mercedes from when I was 18 so still doing that on the side lunch breaks running down the post office and posting <laughs> stuff out and um yeah really i was at mercedes for about seven years but built that ebay business up to enough turnover that it was paying for my mortgage and everything and whoa that's when i left mercedes how and, old were you when, um, when that happened that was probably about 25 then i would say yeah they left mercedes did that full time but still knew that wasn't a full-time business it was always relying on ebay's platform so right. we're still looking for the right product to sort of take with take and run so you you had the awareness of like um i'm i, I want to have my own platform yeah as opposed to using, using yeah just platform. i knew ebay was it was making good money at the time but i just knew it was i mean sometimes ebay can say right you've used uh, there's a copyright issue mm -hmm. or there's some sort of issue and they can buy mm -hmm. you for 24 hours or a week like a, like a shadow ban but for ebay yeah, so yeah and obviously them doing that can if you're doing ebay full-time can be painful like yeah so yeah. um yeah i knew i needed to do something away from that i still i had a website at the time with some of the crafting stuff on there yeah um, and yeah. we're still doing a lot of the craft shows and stuff showing some of the products but yeah, it was sort of looking for the right right product to go full time with. That that point, Harry, when you decide, I mean, it's a big step for anyone to go from regular paycheck to yeah. now going on your own. At the time, what went through your mind? Yeah, so it was pretty scary. Looking back, I should have done it earlier. Um, you know, it's funny, right? Every single every single person that I speak to who has you know done that process of you know, having a daytime job and then leaving it and then starting up. They always say to me, I wish I did it earlier. Yeah, because well, I think the main what, thing what is, it's when you're looking at it from a point of view of, right, this is what I have to pay for my mortgage. This is what I've got to pay for my car or whatever other bills at the yeah. time. It's like, I need to get it to that stage. But the thing is, once you jump into it and spend all day, every day building that company, obviously the, yeah. the, the money and the turnover grows pretty quickly. So... Um, but yeah, I always knew I wanted to do my own thing. I, I was still at Mercedes until the point where I was spending time during work hours doing my own stuff. And I thought this is just crazy. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. when I thought, right, I've got to 
got to jump ship and go for it. Um, but I still knew that that wasn't what I was going to do. Um, I still got the eBay business now, but I knew that I needed someone else to to grow as a brand rather than just selling products online. What was the, what was was it a logical process for you? Um, I don't think so. I think from a heart, was it was it like just a, a yeah that you had yeah I knew that I couldn't work for someone forever. You know I knew I had to do my you, own. You thing. had that feeling, yeah. Yeah, I think from well from probably when I started at 18 I knew that was always going to be a temporary thing and you know you speak to colleagues who have been there for 40 50 years and even some of them would say to you get out of here you're still young you know because um, obviously you can earn good money in Mercedes but it's I was in the parts department did an apprenticeship and then was full-time there but it was just yeah I knew I wanted to do something bigger and something for myself um, so yeah I was always just looking at how I can make that happen. Over how long did you did it take you to then press the button and, and say right um, okay, I think I'm leaving. probably over a couple of months, couple months sort yeah. Of, yeah, just preparing making sure that everything can cover my bills and stuff was but I scary? was pretty confident it was scary at the time yeah my brother went through the same process because he also did a Mercedes apprenticeship at the same time as me so we were in oh, right. different sites occasionally we were at the same site for a period of time yeah. but yeah he did the same process to actually come and work for us um, at Garage Style He's now gone his separate way and doing his own thing. Yeah, but yeah, 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 it was um, it was the same process for him. You know, it was me with the flooring company thinking, right, we're now at a stage we can employ someone without it being a risk to pay that money out. And then that's when he he jumped ship as well. But I think he was the same. It's like we we both knew we just wanted to do our own thing. And I think that comes from, like I say, uh, my dad was at the time still working, still employed. But a lot of our family are entrepreneurial and yeah. different. Um, different sectors and doing different things but there's obviously books on you know feel the fear and do it anyway all this kind yeah. of like you know inspirational stuff and i'm sure you know i haven't read them but you know they, they it sounds great but for someone who has done it felt that fear and then done it where where does where does that come from i uh, think uh, one thing that always helped was knowing that we'd done the apprenticeship program so it was an official qualification um so you had the kind of backup yeah, yeah and there was so many different mercedes sites i was employed just by uh, mercedes in general but they moved me around different sites all the time and i right. just knew that there was there was always more more um more demand for staff worst case leave on good terms yeah. and you can walk back into any of the sites so i think that was always in the back of your head that it's not really a massive risk because if you give it a go for six months and something yeah. goes wrong there's always going to be a job somewhere and i think that comes back to having a um apprenticeship qualification so yeah um, yeah, yeah yeah but yeah I, I think after after leaving there even probably after a month i knew right, i could never go back to to being employed yeah um, in that sense for a big big corporate companies so. so it was it was working at Merck then going on to full-time eBay but you kind of always had in the, had in the back of your mind this is never going to be final destination yeah as there never always is but um was it was it from there that you then, they then started on garage style yeah so shortly after I mean I think even before I left Mercedes I was already looking into garage style starting up but yeah started it up not long after leaving why officially why um, why that area so there's similar tiles we've now got different ranges of tiles but the original tile we used were used a lot in industrial use right, um, okay. so one of my uncles actually was involved with manufacturing plastics and and um, he used to make similar tiles for industrial use so big factories warehouses manufacturing centers and i used to help with installations every now and again even when right. i was in school school holidays and weekends so i knew of the products and i was obviously in the motor trade so yeah. 
just sort of um, in America a lot of people were kitting out the garages and there some big players in the garage world out there so just sort of did a bit of research there were companies in England doing small scale stuff but not using socials um, right and yeah just sort of saw an opportunity did what I knew at the time which was doing the events so I sort of started buying some tiles turn up to your local car show where you might pay 50 pounds to have a little spot there yeah and um, you might walk away and do one job out of it but that's where the very first jobs came from right um, and just yeah just started up, just getting out to places yeah talking to people i had a lot of contacts obviously within the motor trade so also started visiting people and utilizing those as well it almost but, seems like, it's like a natural marriage like you've had the experience in the motor trade you've got a family who have been developing this or been using this material yeah it kind of just feels like it was a yeah was almost a, sort of fell into it in that way that it was it was an idea, but I thought let's give it a go and yeah. push the the garage market and see what we can do. And um, all, I remember at the time, even once we started, it was just me by myself. I had a friend who does laminate flooring and wooden flooring and stuff. So we used to I used to call him in if we had a bigger job or yeah, yeah. need a hand with something. But I used to just do it by myself. And I still had the eBay stuff. I was still running that as well. So yeah. I'd probably do like one or two installations a week and the rest of the week I'm just packaging up parcels and sending them out yeah and I remember saying to people at the time I'll never have garages to do every day because it's such a niche niche industry and like my friend with the wooden floor and I always used to say to him like with him he can appeal to anyone because everyone needs flooring in their house whereas the garage is a bit of a luxury item so yeah I always used to say like I'll never be fully booked for a week but if I can do a few installations and do the eBay stuff then we can make some money yeah yeah obviously it built up quite quickly you know Um, what's funny Harry and we will come on to this but I just want to say one thing that is that the brand you've created although not everyone needs a new garage floor right now but what you've done is you've created a little space in people's minds where like it's when I get a garage and I need to get my floor done I'm going to call garage style yeah it's like, funny I was that's um... the thing like it's it's created this like almost like like being able to say yeah, you know, to your mates, oh, yeah, I got, I got, I got Harry from Garage Star to get to to do my, to do yeah. my garage. Like, oh wow, like, you got you, you got those guys there. Yeah, and it is pretty crazy. I was talking about something like that yesterday. It's like there's there's people that book us in now, and when the team turn up, they're like, oh, I've been following you guys for like five yeah. years, and, and now like, I I've just moved wait, out. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, it is it is cool to it, see. It that. kind of reminds me of um, of Tom Hartley, um, and the sense that you know people follow him a lot for years and years and years with the view that one day I'm going to buy my supercar from Tom Hartley. Yeah, right. Uh, that kind of build up um, it's just crazy and, and, and we'll, we'll we'll go into that more but um, something that strikes me is you're someone who's able to look at opportunities or find opportunities in your current eyesight yeah is, does that mean yeah, you through and through like, yeah I think I'm always looking at other opportunities even now I'm always yeah. looking at um, a lot of stuff related to garage style but also other ideas and yeah. sometimes I have to stop myself from getting distracted from from what we're doing day to day yeah I'm constantly looking at things and speaking to my team and saying what do you think about this and sometimes they say no you're <laughs> like, we're, we're busy enough don't bother yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. obviously sometimes those ideas work out well and um, but yeah constantly looking at the next opportunity the next product um, what we can do differently so I think it never stops really but um, yeah it keeps us busy is there a recipe or an explanation behind that balance between, you know, being grateful and content with everything you've got versus the innate, I can only imagine driving, burning desire in you to want to 
constantly get bigger and bigger and bigger yeah and i think that's one thing we we don't do we never like we never sit back and say oh that was good like we've done well this yeah. year it's always what can we do next and um, we never sort of take off off the gas which is good in a sense but it's always people always say if you looked back a few years you'd never think you'd be at the level that the company is now but it's we never i never sit down and see it like that it's always like right i need to do more need to who's the next person we're going to collaborate with what's yeah. the next yeah the next big thing we can do so yeah it's it's probably bad in a way that we never never sit back and yeah 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 i but, mean um, it's always yeah what's next and i suppose with, with many things you know you only know when you're when you look back in hindsight you know it's, it's only, it's only that, that you sort of think oh my god like, that's that's pretty cool um and i don't think we we, we as a society, we don't give ourselves enough credit for what we've done. Um, what was the lowest point for you? So, um, lowest point with the eBay business, like I say, is when you have problems with products. So sometimes you've got a great product that's selling, and and yeah. somebody will put in a copyright claim, and a lot of the time it's not a genuine claim. But yeah. eBay will sort of just take yeah. it down and look into it afterwards. So yeah. that's one of the reasons, obviously, we we wanted to get away from that. Yeah, Because um, yeah. you're always constant, kind of like. Yeah, you're yeah. All, you're always in eBay's hands, and if they want to shut down one of your listings or shut down your account for a week, then yeah. if you're doing it full time and that's what's paying your bills, yeah, it, yeah, it can yeah. be uh, stressful. So yeah, um, that's yeah. probably the biggest downfall with with what we were doing there. And like yeah. I say, we're still doing it now. Um, it's doing a lot less because we're not putting the time into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it still ticks over and keeps my wife busy with packaging <laughs> envelopes up, and that's what she does every day now. So. Um, yeah and then yeah with with garage style there's obviously i was saying this to someone the other day it's from instagram like everyone does you know it, it all looks like everything's great we're we're keeping everyone busy and behind the scenes there's always little problems going on and i mean storage is a massive problem for us at the moment just trying to what was the biggest store- like? what was the biggest like when you was there ever a point in the development of garage style in those early days when you were starting up and getting everything going, was there ever a point where you thought, mm, this 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 is not going to work out possibly? Um, I don't think so really. I think, like I say, I always doubted the size of the opportunity. Yeah. So I always um, sort of said, oh, we're never going to have a team of people and be fitting garage floors every day. But if we can do a few in a week, it sort of tops up yeah. what we're doing with eBay. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I always doubted the size of the opportunity or the size of the market yeah um yeah but then at the same time we were almost creating that market because there wasn't really anyone doing what we were doing on that social media scale and getting it out to everyone so yeah yeah um, yeah yeah it was yeah we did well i say we i did at the time by myself sort of working quoting out of my kitchen and running around measuring up jobs trying to bring the next jobs in but yeah yeah um, yeah yeah i think i thought of it too small was probably the biggest mistake for a while sort of thought it was always going to be a small company and it's um, it's crazy how people a lot of ideas come to come into people's minds and, and, and people often want to move into a certain direction or pivot or start their own business or whatever for a variety of reasons that doesn't happen for you to go from spotting an opportunity to then execution what is it that you feel like stops people from taking action towards that particular goal they have and i guess for you like what has helped you to keep going and and to to actually invest the money and the time and take the risks that you've taken to achieve the success you saw so yeah i think the biggest fear is always obviously failure it's not going to work and does it affect you, you? 
Um, not so much now to start with. I didn't, like I say, I was all thinking quite small, so I never really threw too much money into it. It was always just like cheap van. Yeah. Um, buy very limited amount of stock just as and when I needed it. So there wasn't a massive risk. Yeah. Um, was it more like kind of like a test? Like you're going to test it out yeah, and, and see what and happens? And just sort yeah. of grow it naturally, organically yeah. like that without without ever, without any investment or without putting much money in myself at all. Yeah, um, yeah. Which I suppose now you could say is a downfall because if I had come in and put more money in, then we probably could have got Do it going. Do you wish going. you had? Uh, I think we could have got to get going a lot quicker because we I was thinking too small at the time. You know, it took probably two years before I employed anyone. It was just me by myself. Yeah. Um, and then timing-wise, we were still still at a great time I'm sure we'll touch on it but yeah. when we started doing the um, celebrities and influencers yeah, garages yeah, yeah. it was at a time when that was working really well what kept well, you so. going Harry man like when it's just you yourself and you right and you're doing everything from trying to sell trying to like manage trying to do the installations and everything like do everything yourself I man. think it was just that and still now it's like in the thought in the back of my head that it has to work you know we have to succeed we have to it was what, not the choice. It was yeah, just, just yeah. yeah, just got to put the hours in, bring in, make sure we're chasing everyone up, getting out, meeting new people, and just yeah. constantly working at it to make it work. You know, just so we didn't have a choice to fail. Just and that was quite quick after getting out to some of the events and realizing we've got something and people are interested and yeah. doing the first few jobs and people then recommending us to the neighbours and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Sort of started snowballing on from that and probably after a year or so realizing right. Oh, we've got something here people are people are reacting well and um started getting a bit of traction on social media so it's quite a visual thing the transformation so yeah, yeah exactly um, well i mean yeah <laughs> all i kept seeing was that it's pretty cool the bit when you jump up and down oh yeah just like, wow um, <laughs> yeah. but what, what would be your advice right for people you know we've got a lot of young people listening to the podcast and if you've got someone who is in a job they're not really enjoying and they've started to think about doing something on their own what would be your advice to them i mean i'd probably say just as much research as possible into the um, whatever business they're looking to do mm. and if it is possible to start it up at the same time um, just as a sort of test of concepts that's probably what i would say to do because you don't want to be taking unnecessary risks yeah. Um, so yeah i would probably unless there's something else that can cover the bills you know for that period of time where you're just testing everything and trying it out i'd probably start it up almost like a side hustle and yeah um, yeah it's not possible with some businesses obviously you've got to put a lot of money yeah, in to, yeah, yeah. to get them going but luckily with what i did i, I started it very slowly and yeah. organically every time we sold one floor i used that money to buy the next just tiles or, or yeah. to yeah buy the next materials or advertising yeah. space so yeah, yeah, um, yeah it was quite lucky that we could do it slowly like that whereas I think now that wouldn't work because it is a competitive market so yeah um, but also it, it you, you strike me as someone who's more than willing to live broke or live way way below your means yeah. in order to kind of like keep business afloat and keep it going is yeah. that is that is that a fair yeah if that was um yeah like I said because we had the eBay thing going that sort of I knew that would cover the bills we got yeah. it to that stage and that was quite consistent um, with, like I said we had about 1400 different products so <laughs> a lot of products, it, it wouldn't be the same product selling every day but there's enough yeah. products that stuff is selling every day and, and, and was that it, was keeping it, us afloat is it literally taking stuff from one place to another is, is, is that yeah it was all I was doing it all from my house so it was all small items there's nothing yeah. nothing crazy big because I didn't have the space to store it so yeah, yeah, just yeah. Um, just seeing opportunities and I was pretty bad for it really I'd be out in the shops and I'd be looking at things that are on sale and think right what's that selling for on eBay and <laughs> yeah I'd be out 
with the wife shopping and picking stuff up and I remember buying stuff in bulk from from shops and banging it on eBay and selling it but yeah it was always looking at opportunities yeah and, yeah, um, yeah why not yeah why not? and obviously some products just sort of took off and are still selling to this day some some just die out and then you got to think of the next thing yeah yeah um, yeah yeah so that that sort of took away a lot of the risk because that was that you, was, had, you had that covered yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but well, I was still I would still take the risk even now if if I needed to, like you say, to yeah. as long as I believe in what we're yeah, what yeah, we're aiming yeah. for. That sort of conviction, isn't it? I mean, yeah. before we come on to the story of Garage Style and, and, and the, the sort of progress of it, 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 it strikes me that you've managed to find that amazing balance of loving what you do and, and, and obviously having the ability to make money out of it, right? How would you describe the process of getting to a place where you've now found, not found the passion, but you've now found that thing in your life which just you really enjoy. Yeah, I think it's, it is hard to hard to find that thing that you enjoy and can set up as a business, but it definitely helps because I enjoy coming into the office. We're yeah. always speaking to interesting people. Like you say, we're around a lot of nice cars. Yeah. Um, I was big into my motocross bikes before, like just this week, Tuesday, we did a motocross track, like a lot of their flooring for the workshops and stuff. Oh, so wow. it's always um, yeah, pretty cool to be around yeah, that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's hard to, hard to find that business that can tie into your interests. But yeah. I think if you can, then you're onto a winner really because yeah. it's, not, it's not like when working. When you reflect on yourself, like who you are as a person, are there any specific attributes that you would pinpoint as um, instrumental that to, that has enabled you to find that that passion in your life, like um, you as a person? I don't think so. Nothing I can think of, but I think it was more just, like I say, the motor trade background from Mercedes was, yeah. I'd been there for about seven years. Um, so I'd been there day in, day out, and it's just I felt like the motor trade was what I knew, so yeah. I did that straight from school. So it's um, and it was always an area that sparked some interest. From yeah, me. I mean, it yeah, was, I've always yeah. been into cars and bikes and stuff. So yeah, yeah it was a an interesting area, um, and I knew a lot of contacts there through customers that I used to deal yeah. with on a day to day basis. So I just thought it sort of makes sense rather than starting in an yeah. industry without any contacts, just to. It just feels so natural, like in your case. It it, it yeah. wasn't like it was you actively seeking it. It just felt like it was a natural consequence of the experiences that you were going through at your at, at your point in yeah, time. Yeah, I think so. I suppose it was quite lucky in that sense. But it's um, yeah, it was just trying to tie tie the two together and think what can I do where I can utilize all the contacts I've got. Yeah, and do yeah. something a bit different and build a brand yeah. rather than yeah. just using um, eBay's platform yeah, yeah, yeah. and scaling that up. So tell us, Harry, then, how do you go from doing small scale, fixing up people's garages um, to then getting your first big deal? Pretty early on through doing the events, we did pick up some pretty big orders where I had to bring a team of people in and they weren't employed they were sort of friends and yeah yeah so yeah we started doing some bigger jobs which started saving up some money and having the money to to then do the next thing yeah um, but really a lot of our success can be put down to social media yeah um, and I think I was going to ask that actually like to what degree has that played a part um, it's played a big part originally um, now we're obviously doing loads of different things that are all contributing but yeah in the originally it was sort of probably 80-90% social media driving Seriously? the company yeah and um, I think timing played a big part in that as well because we were quite early on 
social media doing what, what we do and was there a strategy or was it i no there wasn't there wasn't no, i was i started if you probably still on there to be fair if you scrolled far enough back on the garage style page it was just yeah. me posting and not having a clue what i'm doing <laughs> and i still still do it all now but it's just obviously over time you yeah. just tweak it and you post something that doesn't do well when you're like oh let's try something else and yeah, um, yeah. over time sort of just taught myself how to do it and i'm no good with computers you put me in front of a laptop or a computer i don't really know yeah, where to yeah, start yeah. Almost, so it's literally you, you and your phone yeah just in, almost being obsessed with it and just trying to keep it active and testing the whole time you know what's working and um yeah obviously quite early on we then came across yanomize um, which was the first celebrity influencer we used and that just came around by him putting out on social media that he's looking for a new floor and does anyone know a company that does it and I think it was my brother who sent me the a, like a screenshot of him putting that out there and saying you need to get in contact with these guys and messaging them and not getting anywhere with it. And luckily I had a mutual friend who I knew, knew Yann and I, so I sort of said to them, can you put in a word? And got on the phone uh, to Yanni and got down there, had a meeting and did the deal. What's he like? And, um, to be fair, he was good as gold with us. He, yeah. We still speak to him a lot now. He, oh, really? Yeah, he, he helps us out a lot. We've done multiple jobs he's got to be one of our best customers over the years yeah um probably done up to 10 different jobs with yanni now wow um and he's always recommending us helping us out so, so he yeah, was no. he was your first celebrity first yeah so the first um yeah sort of collaboration that we did yeah and um walked in there not really knowing what to expect and i remember the first thing yanni said is i don't expect anything for free just do a good job and um we'll look after you guys and yeah. and he did to be fair and like i say he introduced introduced us to a lot of people and still does to this day and yeah. it sort of snowballed from there I, I think after that dmo dj who's good friends with yanni popped yeah. straight up and said i need you guys to come and do my floor um so you we know went. what it's it's really funny because uh, when i think about yanni's story and your story there's a similarity in the sense that if I recall correctly, Yanni did. Um, was it was it was it Bakari? Uh, uh, San Sanya was it? Yeah, or, Sanya. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Um, it snowboarded from there because then yeah. he then drove the car that Yanni wrapped into the football stadium. All his teammates were like, "Whoa, that's crazy!" Yeah, right. And um, this idea of like gaining trust and a reputation for what you do through the influence of other people yeah was that even like part of your strategy no i was just gonna say that wasn't it? that wasn't even really an idea at the time it was more just let's let's do it um yanni said obviously he'll do some promotion for us on social media yeah. but we'd never done that before with someone so we didn't know what was going to happen off the back of it yeah um, and obviously it was i was still the only employee of the company at the time so we went down there to fit his floor. I remember straight away, he's, I think he took some videos of like the van outside yeah, and um, yeah. tagged it straight away on Instagram <laughs> and the phone started ringing straight away, but I'm there Seriously? to fit the floor, trying to take the phone calls. No and um, Yeah, and I remember going upstairs to Yanni and just saying, bloody hell, like the phone's going crazy already. The followers coming through and inquiries, so. I had the same experience with Bav, like literally yeah. like it was like, we did the, the Bav podcast and like numbers went flying through the roof and then suddenly I'm getting requests to like collaborate and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, wow, this is this is unbelievable. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And we didn't realize the power of it until that moment, you know, when we when we did that. And like I say, we then ended up doing DMO's Garage and from that, the rapper missed. Yeah, And yeah. I think it just sort of snowballed like that. Every time somebody promoted us, then another 
influencer or a celebrity would see it and pop up and like do you actively look for opportunities for celebrities to endorse your work we, and to yeah we it? would do if it's the right person or if we come up with an idea then then yeah. we'd there's always people that we think would be great to collaborate with but getting hold of them is a nightmare Um, we're lucky that we're in a position where a lot of them come to us and that's like I say through doing one person they then trust you or they feel like they know you and that then leads to the next person and we're quite lucky in the sense that a lot of them come to us and trust what we do and um, it's quite organic in that way I'm sure you can say it now but you might not have said it when you were beginning to work with Yanni but where were you as a company up to the point that you know, you got talking to Yanni and... and, and yeah, things. I think um, we'd done... I mean, I can't remember exactly, but I think we'd done other similar-sized jobs than that. So we yeah. we started doing a few bigger jobs. Yeah. Probably yeah. still only doing um, maybe three installations in a week on average. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, still fairly small, not not staff-employed. Yeah, yeah, Because, um, yeah. like I say, I was also quite lucky that my friend had a, a flooring company called Fine Finish Flooring, which he still runs now. Yeah. And he had a couple of guys working with him, so it was always a case of, right, we need you or we need two of you or three of you or whatever for today. So, yeah. um, And then my brother as well was still working at Mercedes, but he'd jump out on the weekends or yeah. whenever there's a big job. So I was quite lucky that probably a, through a fear of employing people too early or just I'd had a network of people that we could use. But I think I think, I think think it's natural for people to go through that process, right? In terms yeah. of, you know, that because that, suddenly you've got someone on your, on your books, like you're responsible for their mortgage. Or yeah. Their and kids, I think like, until yeah. I had, until I was at that stage where I knew we had work every single day, it's like, how can you employ someone to, unless it's obviously on a part-time basis, but to get... My brother was the first employee to get him to leave Mercedes. It was like I need to give him work every day, you know. Mm. So it was probably getting to that stage. And doing what we do is quite a quick process. So to have a full week of work is you're probably looking at sort of 10 plus garages. It was quite a while till we got to that stage. How did you decide? How did you, was there was there a process in your mind that you followed, whether it was mathematical or even from even a heart decision that led you to, press the button to say right okay, we're not going to employ someone yeah i think it was uh, probably a mathematical thing looking at the bank and making sure that we've got enough money to cover a good few months so worth even of if wages. we had no sales whatsoever we'd, yeah we'd, we're still all and right. like i say because it was my brother it was it wasn't a case of oh let's just get him on a three-month trial see what happens yeah. it was like he's going to walk out of a uh, six probably six how year. did he react to the, to the he, he wanted to do it so it was a it was a conversation we had multiple times you know that he would come and work for the company as soon as we get to that stage and that level where we can so he was keen to do it um he obviously saw what i was doing and was still stuck in the mercedes yeah mercedes job that we both used to do together so yeah he was pretty excited to do it and i think the time when he left if i remember rightly i think we did mrs hinch's floor so for anyone who doesn't know mrs hinch is like a crazy cleaning influencer crazy page that does mad numbers and um yeah she got in contact we did a very small job for her but it just exploded overnight and um I think what's it like though harry like employing your family yeah it was good to be fair i knew i could trust him he was yeah. um at the time i was just trying to think i think he was taking vans home straight away you know and yeah where i was working from my kitchen a lot i did we didn't have a unit until later down the line so yeah it felt right you know that he could be in the house working whereas you couldn't have a a normal employee yeah, coming to the yeah. house every day if I'm not weird, there yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah it felt it felt right obviously I knew yeah he was trustworthy I'd done a yeah, lot of work yeah. with him in the past and 
um yeah he enjoyed it and yeah 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 because yeah. you hear you, you do hear of like horror stories about you know yeah employing family or going into partnership with family and it causing family issues and yeah that that wasn't the case for you no i think we've always done like i say my dad's company at that time was um still selling crafting products and we were doing a lot of events so trade shows all around the country selling the products and I was doing that with my dad sometimes, with my wife a lot of the time. Um, I've done shows with my brother, so we did a lot of working together anyway. Any um, sort of rules that you followed? Like, you know, I know some families have like, look, dinner table, no work talk, or like, yeah, so like, like leave not, me nothing official, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was, with what we were doing with social media, it was always hard to switch off, and it still is today, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure you know the same, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it yeah. never stops, you know, Constantly, 24 hours, yeah. people are messaging, and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. stuff's going on, and it's hard, even if you're not going to reply to it at 10 o'clock at night, it's hard not to look and see, yeah, yeah, you know, what's... and it occupies a bit in your mind, like, you can't, you, you physically, it's hard to, to, to move on to other stuff if you've yeah. got that unreplied message whatever yeah, or, yeah yeah exactly so yeah that was the only thing really but um yeah no he did a great job and was with us for a number of years yeah and he's yeah. now just, um working alongside my dad doing the crafting tools and yeah, um, yeah. doing well so but he's still still around the company he's he's local so he pops in and every now and again if we've got some big jobs on we'll see if he fancies it if it's a weekend or whatever yeah. else so what what is it, Harry, that you feel like has enabled you to get to a point in your journey where you've you've earned that trust and reputation? Yeah, I think I think it just came from doing probably three or four people to um, having a brand then that was recognised and trusted. And a lot of these people obviously don't want to give their addresses out. They're they're mm. scared. So I think they see where we've worked with a lot of people in the past. They can trust that we're not going to post their address up or yeah, we're, we're only going to show what they want to be shown. Yeah, you know? yeah, and um, I think it's hard to gain that trust if people don't know the brand and know the company. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And we have a lot of people, like early on, we had a lot of celebrity people who, didn't want to give us the address you know this meet, meet me down the road and follow me Seriously? to the house um and but some of them were sort of rappers and people you know they need to be a yeah. little bit careful yeah yeah um, yeah but yeah i think i think that's the main thing really that people had seen we were in that sort of celebrity influencer place working with a lot of people that they might know or recognize and yeah yeah it builds yeah. that trust how have you changed as a person i suppose in the, in the in this early days when you were starting to build up how would you def how would you describe your own growth journey from starting up doing things yourself running every part of the business to yeah. now employing people and working with these huge names um, across you know music arts social media i think the main thing really is just now now we've sort of grown to to know that we have to take it seriously and that it's a, a big opportunity and a big business now so it's everything's done properly we started hiring obviously my brother was first um, then an apprentice um, we then got someone in the office and Every time we hired someone, it took us to the next level. So went from being scared in the, originally to hire those people and have those bills to pay every month to realizing that we can't grow without them. And now we're not scared to hire someone if we find the right person or um, mm. think of another opportunity. We're we're very quick to hire people. So I think yeah, that that comes obviously with the success we've had. It's um, it's easier to make so those what's decisions. What's your fear now, Harry? I don't see too much fear now but i know that we're always just constantly thinking we have to outwork everyone else scaling going from you know doing jobs doing all yourself to then taking it to a place where you you mentioned systems and processes and hiring people at what point did you have that realization that we're not really going to get to 
the place we want to get to without you know putting into place process and systems and, and how would you define that journey to create what you needed to create to achieve scale yeah i think it it probably comes from hiring my brother first which was at a stage when we'd like i said we'd just done mrs hinch's floor and yeah. i think we got a few thousand inquiries come through overnight so Seriously. it was one of those things where right, it needs to happen right now you know we don't we don't have the infrastructure to deal with that so that was quite a natural thing to know we were at the time for the first employee and when that happened obviously it then freed me up a lot of the time because my brother james was then doing a lot of installations by himself and i'd be in the office getting the jobs right. ready for the next day and i think it, again it was quite a natural thing that we realized by me having more time to chase up quotes and go out and measure jobs we then got busier so it then got to a stage where I realised I need to be doing that full time, so we then took on the next person, um, George, who's still with us now, who was uh, about 16 at the time, and he just sort of went out with James every day, and we trained him up and learned how to do all the installations. And again, by then having him, we grew to the next level because we then had more me just focusing full time on bringing the work in. I think it was just a natural progression like that. The next employee was Jade, who worked in the office, answering the phones and doing a lot of the quoting and stuff. So yeah. that again took something off me. And I suppose it was just me trying to hire myself free the whole time, you know, just what can I take away from what I'm doing that's not earning us money and try try and get to the point where I'm just focusing on the high value tasks yeah, yeah. Um, and we're still like that now i'm still at a point where i'm in the office i don't don't do any installations but it's i still get involved with a lot of the operational stuff and it's still still on a daily basis how can we take more of that away from me just so was I it can... hard to do that was it hard to divorce yourself from yeah it's hard in some to, way like yeah. the whole you know i think it's the whole thing about you know stop working in the business and start That's working it. on the business you know sort of thing yeah it was hard to to trust obviously once people have started and we've trained them up and we're happy with what they're doing then it takes that weight off but to start with it's just it's hard to train someone up to do it in the same way that that we do it and be able to trust them and just send inquiries and know that they're going to get dealt with in the right way and yeah um, yeah get processed and did that come naturally to you this need for because i feel like people don't appreciate the importance of having processes and systems i mean like yeah as someone and there's a there's a stereotype about you know those that are creative and ambitious and are like blue cloud thinking don't have the natural inclination to be logical yeah. and to put into place yeah like, i definitely see that side of it like the the marketing and stuff social media was what i enjoyed and what we were yeah. good at but yeah the systems and processes and employing people and doing things um in the admin in a scalable yeah. way yeah, yeah it wasn't wasn't natural at all so like i say to start with we didn't do any of that it was just bringing as many jobs as we can and sort of worry about it afterwards <laughs> but uh, yeah we quickly realized that to scale it properly we need all of those systems in place yeah yeah um, yeah to to have something that's easier to build trust the staff yeah. around us you know to do do a proper job and yeah, yeah, keep yeah. everything growing. So, um, and I'm sure people are, who who will be listening to this at some point um, are probably wondering, like, bloody hell! All right, so uh, we've 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 gone through the sort of boring stuff, if you like. Um, obviously, this podcast was delayed for a couple of weeks because you were in Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico, yeah, because. So yeah, pretty crazy trip. Um, we got a random DM from Jake Paul 
on Instagram. The Rob, Jake Paul. The Jake Paul, yeah. At the time, didn't know if it, if it was all too good to be true, but yeah, about what probably goes through about your mind, two months man, ago. When you see that, you're like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. like, I remember I was out with um, my wife and two friends in London having a meal, and that's when the DM <laughs> came through, and it, it just, I think it just said, guys, it's time. And I, and we, I was like, what the hell? And I remember banging it in the in our group chat. Yeah. Um, there's nine of us in there for garage shows are banging it in there and saying looks like we might be going to America and everyone was going mad and not interested in the meal we were sat at anymore um, yeah but yeah it was pretty crazy and um, we've spoke about doing stuff like that before we did actually speak to Jake Paul's management years ago oh um, really yeah how, how just again for Instagram um, at the time they were talking about doing a gym floor but nothing came of it we sort of were back and forward with the management rather than Jake himself right and um yeah, they were saying, oh, he's got this fight coming up, so we'll wait till after that. And then he was moving house and it just sort of all went cold and we gave up on that a few years back. So when Jake himself messaged on the page, it was it was one of those moments where I was like, right, we just need to do it while he's, while he's there and ready. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just got it all processed, got the tile shipped out, which was a nightmare with paperwork and customs My and everything word. else. So it was all very last minute, but yeah, it all worked out well. We what, got what led to that point, Harry? I mean, when you reflect, I mean, it's probably even still fresh in your mind, but when you reflect on your journey to date and where you've got to, to get to a point where one of the most well-known people in the entire world approaches you, what defining points in your career do you feel like have led to that? To that point so yeah i think again it comes down to the celebrities and influencers we worked with in the past so we've got in our office we've got samples of the floor in that we've had celebrities sign oh, um, so right. whenever we've done someone's floor we ask them to sign a sample of the, of the floor and then we've probably got 120 plus on the wall there wow um, so we've done a lot of people from all different walks of life like reality tv stars footballers um a lot of people in the car world but a whole range of different celebrities so i think that it's always going out to different audiences and um, a lot of the people obviously we turn up they get along with our team and we do a good job and they're happy then to do a bit of promotion or share the promotion that we do off the back of it yeah, um, yeah. so that always helps but yeah i think from people like Jake Paul, if he looked on our page, he can see that we work with a lot of celebrities and again, it's a level of trust. Yeah. And a lot of people yeah. said that to us, why didn't he just find someone in America or yeah. Puerto Rico yeah. to do that? And I think it comes down to social media, you know, and what we've built. And I, I know he didn't follow us from years ago, so he's remembered the name, you know, so I think it's just the brand and and other people that we've worked with that's, that led to that message. Social media is a is a is a is an entire subject by itself that we could discuss for hours. But at the time, you were saying that when you first started putting stuff out, it was just like just you being you, yeah. shoving a camera in your face. Is there a strategy or a, or a, or a methodology that, that that you follow now when it comes to social? Yeah, so there is, in a sense, we're religious with how often we post and how often you um, post. We post so we'll post a video or a post every single day. Really? On multiple platforms, like yeah. Religiously? Yeah, and we never miss that. And we've the good thing is we've got the content to post because we'll, we'll do two or three garages a day. So the boys got a little bit harder when I stopped fitting floors because I didn't have the content on my phone ready to post. Um, so so we, like we demand, have to rely yeah. on what the guys are sending yeah. through, but they're all... They all know what to do now. They're all filming good quality stuff. So yeah, we just make sure we're we're on it and we we don't miss a day. Like I say earlier on, it's it was quite lucky timing wise um, because the influencers and celebrities when they used to shout us out or or um, do a mention, it used to go crazy. Whereas now you don't really get that. 
to the same extent. It still helps, like you were saying earlier, with the response you had after Bavs yeah, yeah, podcast. Yeah. So it always helps, but you're just not on the same level that you used to. And we've seen that where we've done, say, like an influencer or a celebrity five years ago and the page did a certain amount of new followers and inquiries and then we'll do the same person now they've moved house and it's 10 percent of what it used to be so what, why is that do you think i think it's just a, a just a general decline in in how that works with instagram or socials in general just because i think a lot of people are doing those brand deals and collaborations and it's people can can look at it and say that this person's just promoting different products every day so it's not they they don't buy into back then it was quite new um like i say we didn't really even know what we were doing at the time we just did did yanni's floor and did a good (laughs) job and he he shared it you know yeah yeah yeah. um, but yeah it was quite quite a good time and I think if we were to start from scratch now and try and do exactly what we did there it would be a lot harder um, because the yeah the influencers wouldn't have worked as well as they did back then but in 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 those days that was the recipe right it was like once, once we knew it yeah, yeah once we had done Yanni's floor and DMO's floor do a and good job missed, they'll be happy with it they'll do a quick shout out yeah we'll, we always go we have a laugh with the people you know we're all um we all enjoy what we do and and I think they a lot of people buy into the brand and get behind the brand and um, we get a lot of these people who are like how can we help you what can we do try and or, or they'll um, recommend us to another one of their friends who might be another celebrity or mm. um, and it's sort of yeah it works really well in that sense and there's a lot of these people who we've done floors for who we're still in contact with you know they're they're behind the brand and help us out when they can which is always nice where's your bulk of business come from is it is it from like repeat purchases um, no it... so we don't really get any repeat purchases which what, what makes it quite tricky unless people yeah. do move house or start or a they've new got like 10 homes or, and it's like yeah, yeah, yeah so it is quite hard in that sense that we to keep our team busy we need about 80 new garages every month really and to bring those in is is a challenge and that's why we put a lot of time into social media and events um, and we do have obviously a lot of referrals from people to neighbours and friends so especially in the beginning we were spending a lot of time and effort on socials to get get the word out there and try and keep the new inquiries coming in but also I feel like when I look at your socials there's a lot of generosity in the sense that like there's a video you put on YouTube I think about how to actually install yeah. the stuff yourself which is like you know arguably like you know you probably make money on the installation in some way yeah it's like you're kind of telling people look you don't have to do it yeah. but I think people I think people actually appreciate that level of generosity yeah and we were just saying this morning actually um, I, th- I said to you briefly off camera that um, our videographer's gone out with the team today and yeah. they were actually going to film today how to install the tiles again because hey, really? the video you're talking about is very dated it was filmed yeah I'm sure it was yeah it was filmed on my phone <laughs> Me and my brother didn't want to speak to the camera, so we paid someone to do a voiceover afterwards. Seriously? Yeah. So Why were you scared? Just at the time, I just didn't, wasn't confident speaking on the camera and or didn't really know what to say until we sort of filmed the whole video. It's so weird it now, because when I think about you now, like you, you're, you're out there. Yeah. Like, you know, and I still, to be honest, don't like it. A lot of the time, you know, someone throws a camera in my face. And I remember DMO used to do it early on. <laughs> he used to just spin the camera around and you know he's talking to hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. And he'd be like, right, talk about your tiles. And I used to be stuttering <laughs> away. But um, yeah, you get used to it, I suppose. And it's one of those things, as soon as I realised that it's going to help the business, yeah. I thought, right, who cares what everyone else thinks you know just just do it and it's only going to help um but yeah so that video that's actually our most viewed video i think it's done about a hundred thousand views on youtube wow um our most viewed video for youtube that is and yeah so i was saying to our videographer painting this morning we yeah. need to refilm that yeah, more professionally yeah, yeah with him filming it rather than just us with a tripod yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and talk it through uh, do so. you uh, do you look at numbers much 
Uh, we do, yeah. We're pretty, again, pretty bad with that. We we know what a, a video more on Instagram than YouTube, but we know what a video should do in its first hour, first 24 hours. So that's the sort of benchmark. And when I wake up in the morning, I'll refresh the page and look what the yesterday's video is on. And to be fair, we're pretty consistent there. They all get a same amount apart from the odd one that obviously goes crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sure you're the same. It's hard to judge which ones are going to do well. It's which hard ones to judge, gonna... but also it becomes this like constant, like, oh, it's so frustrating. Like, I feel like it's so easy to fall into this trap of like, you become so emotionally invested in the numbers. Yeah. Right. And sometimes you just don't know. Like, you yeah. can't, and you want, and you, you blame yourself and you start going, yeah. And recently, like, oh. to be fair, we have started thinking like that because I still do a lot of the Instagram stuff myself. And yeah there'll be a post that does half a million views and there'll be another post that does 10,000 views yeah. but you might get more inquiries off the 10,000 one yeah. because it's more educational or it's more selling the product rather than something that's done half a million views because it's interesting to everyone you know so the views aren't necessarily a reflection exactly of the yeah so, video, so yeah. now I'm sort of more thinking if it's a good video that shows our products or explains something then we'll just yeah. post it anyway and is it is it hard to balance Harry the 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 balance between you know, producing great great quality content and sticking to your daily regime. Yeah, I think it is. And it's almost a full-time job, you know, to do that yeah. content. And I remember it was Jeremy Lynch originally showed us we should be doing reels on Instagram and sort of gave us a few pointers when we did his garage. Oh, you did his garage? Yeah. No way. So we did his garage a few years back and we're actually, I've been speaking to him today. We'll be back there next week. Seriously? Doing some more work with him, yeah. That's but um, he was the one that obviously has blown up with I, content. I'll just say one thing, all right? Just on camera, right? You, you reel these names off like they're just like, that. yeah, just <laughs> rang me up, had a conversation yeah we're gonna like be doing do you ever like wake up in the morning and think holy crap like we're, we, we've got these people trusting us we're yeah no it is it is pretty crazy just like um, yourself he's like whoa yeah <laughs> like, this is crazy i mean yeah no it is but you do um you do sort of get used to it as well it's like once you turn up and do the floor you know they're all normal people they're all they're all <laughs> yeah, nice people yeah, and, yeah. Um, we treat everyone the same to be fair so yeah 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 um but yeah he was the first one that obviously was was doing amazing things with content and when we turned up and to do his floor he said you need to be doing this and showed us some video stuff and i said yeah but we've tried this and it didn't work he's like yeah but you got to keep keep doing it and gave yeah. us some pointers and once some videos started doing what they're doing now we we obviously jumped on it and that's all we really do now what, what was it that, that more like that, short that, form that said. short form videos right okay. um it's the same with tiktok as well when we when i first got on tiktok very early one of my friends said you gotta jump on it it's gonna be the next thing and i started posting pictures um videos from my phone of car shows we've been at so just supercar after supercar and they were doing all right because we were quite early on there and it got to a point we ran out of supercar stuff to post right and i remember right. just thinking i'll just find another video off my phone and i scrolled up and i just vi posted a video of us banging a tile into the floor and it did like I can't remember the numbers it did but it went crazy and obviously I had hundreds of those videos so I just kept posting just them kept and, posting and I think what it was is where so many people are posting supercars it's quite saturated you yeah, know, but yeah, yeah. we were doing something a bit different Not enough people that was banging on floor that's so. it yeah, something a bit different and, and satisfying videos and yeah, I think yeah. I think our most viewed TikTok video now is on about 25 million views and it's just literally a tile being banged into the floor but it's a set it's quite satisfying to watch so it's sad, but I think it's become your trademark as well a little bit like, yeah. I feel like if someone else does it you're like ah oh, they've copied us man yeah like <laughs> there is people there there is lots of people that copy us there is also lots of companies who buy tiles off us and sell them as their own product or work with us as really? distributors so yeah some of them you'll see doing very similar stuff right but okay. they're working with us so right okay fine um, you those, guys are alright yeah those guys <laughs> yeah. those guys will help out all we can but um, everyone yeah. else you're in trouble <laughs> yeah. so um, but yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah there's a mix of a mix 
lots of different things. Obviously, you've had the privilege of you know being in the presence of all these amazing people. You know, that have done so much in their in their life. And is there like a sort of a common a common thread that you find amongst these people? You know, obviously Jake and Jeremy and you know DMO and Yanni. Like, what is it if there's anything that you find that just always like a resounding thread that kind of binds yeah. them all together? Yeah, I think we always find, like I say, that they're just normal people. And, yeah. Um, yeah. At first, it was sort of turning up to their house, thinking what they're going to be like, and you soon get to realise that they're just, you know, normal genuine people. normal people. And like yeah. I say, we're there to do the floor, so they're always happy with what we do. And, and yeah. Um, always nice I mean they always give our team time we'll take photos with them we'll get them to sign a sample like I say for the wall um, you do get the odd one who doesn't want to do that but yeah, it's, um, yeah. Yeah, it's obviously down to them um, some oh, of them we yeah. would do their house and they're not around you know and it's just someone will let us in yeah yeah, um, yeah. yeah most of the time if they're around they'll, they'll give us the time of day which is always cool yeah, um, yeah and a lot of them want to be involved with the content you know we get people saying can I be the one that bangs the you know for the oh, video seriously? yeah can, can they be involved in the transitions and that's pretty cool as well where does your creativity come from I'm not actually too sure I think again it's just through trial and error and like I say Jeremy Lynch showed us a few pointers on the videos and yeah. once we once we started doing them and probably if you went back and watched the early videos the transitions will be awful you know we just <laughs> <laughs> we thought they were good at the time but we've um, yeah we've done it a lot now so it's just constantly tweaking what we're That's, doing and that maybe thinking of the next that, ideas that made me chuckle a little bit because the a lot of people say yeah like when we first started our videos were crap <laughs> like what you're saying is like when, when we did it we thought, we thought it was alright yeah yeah that's <laughs> yeah. quite bad like. yeah if you went back now yeah you'd see um, you'd see the difference but yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. It, and again it just came down to sort of tweaking it and even now we're still learning different ways of filming and editing and yeah. different ideas you know so we're not just banging a mallet every day in the floor yeah. changes yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Why do you think some people are so not against, but they they're fighting the need or the desire to want to get on social? Um, I think again, it might come down to fear of what people are going to think of them. Yeah, and we speak to a lot of people as well who say, "Oh, we don't need social media." You know, we're as businesses, we're busy already, and yeah, um, I always just think it's a free platform, you know, and it's a powerful platform. So it's the same. Real quick story, but my dad's business who sells a cutting tool. Um, so it's for cutting paper and card and stuff and like I say I've been selling it on eBay for years and my brother Amazon and then all the they do all the shows but I've been saying forever I did actually create an Instagram page for it and do some posts a while back when I was doing more involved yeah. but um, I've been saying forever you need to do social media you know this is a product that everyone could have in their house yeah. the kids can use it and stuff it's safe to use and just recently about a month ago my brother posted a video that had 1500 followers on the page he yeah. posted a video of him like a 10 second video cutting a sheet of paper yeah. and it did 17 and a half million views the page oh went from word. 1500 followers to 60,000 overnight oh my word and overnight yeah and they've they've had the website just doing crazy volumes of orders to a point where they're not set up to do that volume of orders you know they they can't keep crazy. up with the demand but it just now they've seen the power of it you know now my dad's saying right we need to post more and and um, <laughs> I, I said I've been showing telling you this for, ages. for how many yeah. years like yeah um, but no it's good that that it's worked in that way and again it's a, just a great product for social media you know it's, yeah. it's um, satisfying to watch you, you mentioned before that you were quite um, scared of putting yourself um, out there like putting your face out there yeah when it comes to putting yourself out there you know you mentioned before that you were quite scared of putting yourself out there um, what is it that got you to think that okay I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna put myself out there more I think it was when we 
more when we started doing YouTube, it was like you, you can't really do it without talking to the camera too yeah. much. Um, we mentioned that video we did before and got it voiced over, but one, you have to pay someone to do that, and two, it's not it's not personal, you know. And yeah. um, I think probably after doing a few videos, like I say, with DMO, he used to spin the camera around and, <laughs> and ask us questions. And um, I suppose it just got to that point where I knew that we have to do it and yeah. and it's only going to help. So still now, I don't like doing it. You know, if someone points a camera at me, I'll fumble my words. Or, Seriously? Yeah, well, not I, I can get the words out, but I don't like it. You know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, always yeah. pressure of doing it. But yeah. I suppose um, it definitely gets easier, and it's definitely still getting easier. We're doing a lot of YouTube stuff now, so we're getting more and more used to it. It's it's crazy how socials become not. It, it at one point it was probably a nice to have. I think it's fair to say that it's now it's a it's an absolute must right to have yeah. some kind of presence out there. Um, how do you view? in a world where it's so dominated. Now you mentioned before about the conversions yeah. and how it's a lot less now. Jake Paul or Yanni doing a, a, a shout out now as compared to say three years ago, very different sort of numbers. Yeah. When you look ahead to the future of brand awareness and, and marketing, where does your mind go in terms of the future of? Yeah, so we're always looking at the next platform, you know, the new yeah. new ways of doing it and we're always tweaking stuff. But the good thing is now we've got quite a good following and quite a good base that we can do a lot of the marketing through our own channels. Yeah. Um, so we're lucky that we don't need to do any sort of paid advertising. We get phone calls all the time, you know, people trying to sell us different things. But we just, most of our stuff is just done organically for our own channels now. Um, apart from obviously we do a lot of the car shows and events um, I think that way that influencer marketing in its current form is is a bit outdated now that it's not working so well and yeah like we say I feel like that's just people seeing through it a bit and, and if it is people that post stuff every day there's still people that don't do collaborations so when they share stuff people buy into it um, but yeah, the, the pages that are just promoting different products every day is just it's huge, it's diluted, it? I suppose. Yeah, now. yeah, exactly. How do you define yourself in a crowded marketplace? I mean, you mentioned before about you've got people who are copying you and you know how they, they just come and go. When you mentioned before, when you first started out with Garage Style, you know, there, was, there, there were people doing what you were doing, yeah. um, albeit without necessarily you know, a brand awareness on social. How did you define yourself and create that that unique selling point to a point where you know you are the go-to brand for your garage yeah i think it, a lot of it comes down to just how active we are on socials with posting every day with different people and different floors and we're just keeping ourselves out there on just multiple platforms there, yeah. yeah we get out to a lot of events we get invited out to lots of different places and yeah. within the sort of motor trade car world we're very well known with with a lot of the big companies so yeah, I think it yeah. also comes with being associated with those companies and yeah, um, yeah. like we've done a lot of work now from Mercedes we actually went back to one of the Mercedes sites where me and my brother that used to work that must be weird right yeah, like going from crazy. like we're working there as an employee to yeah. like now like that must be weird yeah it was pretty crazy and it was actually our biggest job that we've ever done was for the Mercedes site that we used to work at. So what, um, you were doing the flooring for that? We for went that back site? and did the flooring there. No yeah. way. Yeah, so it was pretty crazy. And we actually ended up doing the flooring for probably four or five of their sites. No way. Yeah, the, the first one and the biggest one is the one that's literally on our industrial estate where we're set up now. What went through your mind that's, when you were like standing there yeah, going was, back to that place? It was crazy because obviously we know all the people in there, all the mechanics and <laughs> um, yeah, it was crazy to get back in there from from the other side to be working in there, you know, rather than... What's the length of time, Harry, from the time that you 
um, left the place the time you going back but this time actually <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, in the floor yeah um, probably about three or four years I would say maybe three years that's nothing that yeah. is that is that is nothing in three yeah. years to go from that to that and the scale of the job was crazy like I say it's still our biggest job to date but yeah that one site was about 1500 square meters we laid in a weekend so 6,000 tiles a, oh big, God. <laughs> a big job but um, yeah we, we got it done in one weekend just so they didn't have to close the business down for a week oh so the so, pressure was on to, yeah. to get it all done yeah yeah oh but, um, yeah we've worked with uh, a bit with BMW and Hyundai and other brands as well so yeah. I think it's always good for people to see us in the main dealers and yeah, those yeah, big companies yeah. that they all recognise before we sort of begin to wrap this up um, what would be your advice for people who you know are looking to get onto social media start putting a name out there but they don't know like you know what to do or how to go about it what they should bear in mind um like what would be your sort of three to five top tips based on the success you've seen on the platform yeah so i think a lot of people are scared to put stuff out there because they don't know if it's good enough or if it's going to work but i would always just say just post it and let the audience decide what's good and what's not because like i say we'll post stuff that we think is really good and we've edited it all and it's nice and it and it does okay and we'll post other stuff when it's just a random saturday and i've got nothing to post and i'll go through and find something random on my phone and it just goes crazy so i would just say to start with definitely just post as much as possible and let the audience decide what what they like and then the stuff that does do better and gets engagement just recreate similar that. stuff yeah yeah, yeah. um also just like the sense of community on there just to interact with other brands comment on other people's stuff a lot of people just post their own stuff you know and they're not not actually commenting yeah adding value on, yeah yeah so, so i think point. it's um, community building on there is massive as well and just being active you know posting as regularly as possible i've known people like even like i say my dad's company they'll do they used to before but they took it seriously do the odd posts once every month and then I'd speak to him and he'd say oh, this doesn't really work for us and it's like you've only done about 20 posts you gotta gotta keep going until one does work you know um so yeah I think it's just staying consistent even when it isn't working I suppose learning as you go how to did tweak you, it and make it work did you ever anticipate the role of social media and the impact it would have on your business when you first started no I don't think so like I say until until Yanni came along we didn't didn't even really know that influencer marketing was a thing in that sense. I knew I used Instagram and Facebook and everything personally, so I knew how <laughs> yeah. to use it and knew I was going to keep posting as much as I can on there. Yeah. But yeah, yeah didn't know the, the scale of it and how, how powerful it can be. What what surprised you the most? Like, what was it that made you think, oh, that was that? Like, was there any particular aspects which really just shocked you in terms of the I impact? Think, I think maybe just like the viral moments, you know, when, a, when the odd video just goes crazy. I think our most viewed Instagram videos on 69 and a half million views. Oh my God. And um, that was, a, again, one that was on my phone from years ago, an old job that we did. And I reversed it and played around with the edit and good time and posted it. And it just went crazy. And um, yeah. I think that's when when you look at it and go 69 and a half million people is a that lot of people you know people, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. and from that the, the guy my friend who owns fine finished floor and that i said does a lot of work with us he was actually the one that was banging the tile in a, it was a bit of a controversial video it was a tottenham hotspur logo that someone was having in the garage <laughs> and we reversed it and posted it as tottenham lost to arsenal oh, at, at 90 God. minutes and we just said our tiles can easily be removed if ever needed and um, <laughs> the guy who actually installed that logo, he was getting stopped in the street by people saying, I've seen you on Instagram. So I said to him, don't go near Tottenham. 
them, you're going to get a B and up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, that was pretty crazy. And again, we go back to Mrs. Hinch, but when she did some promotion for us, we were like stopping at the services and people were saying, oh, you lot did Mrs. Hinch's. And, Seriously. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's pretty crazy. Same now when we go to events, we've just got back from Goodwood a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And um, yeah, a lot of people saying, are you the guys that did Jake Paul's floor? So yeah, I think that's always pretty crazy when you see the numbers online, but it doesn't yeah. really mean too much until you're out there sort of meeting people and... God, I, I can go for hours, but I think there, there's something about, you, you get a lot of validation, right? You know, like, like you've got people, people approaching you saying, oh my God, you did this work and you're meeting celebrities and stuff. But to what degree, Harry, does it create a sense of like, like you, you seem so chilled and so calm and so like, you know, like so level-headed. I can only imagine some people getting carried away with the yeah. excitement. And then the one day where they're not doing a celebrity or they don't get called out on the street, their yeah. mood drops. I think we're always just looking at the next opportunity and once we've done one garage or one project yeah yeah we're always just focusing on on the next thing and like i say just constantly trying to outwork everyone else so i don't think we we ever really stop and and get carried away with what's happening day to day yeah um yeah. and it was even like the jake paul thing you know when we were so excited to do that we flew out there filmed it all and sort of coming back it was a, a little bit like what we're going to do next for a while but then the sort of next ideas come up and we're like, right, this is what we focus on now. And it does almost it, gets put- Does it get uh, harder? Like to kind of like constantly feel like you have to like sort of outdo? I think so, yeah. I've never really seen that before, but with the uh, Jake Paul stuff, we teased it a lot. We didn't tell anyone where we were going. We, yeah. we filmed a vlog of us flying out to America. Nobody knew who it was. Everyone was guessing on our um, posts. <laughs> And then when we did the announcement, we we're at Jake Paul's house, it went pretty crazy. You know, the amount of messages we had and yeah. comments on the posts and everyone talking about it. And we bump into people at car shows that we know and they're all, they're all just talking about Jake Paul. Yeah. So that now is like, how can we do better than that? You know, who's who's bigger than that? I mean, there is people in the pipeline that have come off the back of that already. So yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll find out, you know, going yeah. forward, so who, who these Later people are. And, um, but you know what's crazy, Harry, right? Like, I, was, I was reading through the comments a few days ago, and what strikes me, people feel like they've grown up with the brand. In the yeah. sense that people are saying, oh my God, like, it's so cool to see you guys, like, jumping up levels. And yeah. like, and to me, like, that's just unbelievable. Like, yeah. you create a sense of people, in people's minds, they are part of the they're part of garage styles journey yeah and i think that that helps massively people feel like they're part of the brand and yeah um especially once we started doing the youtube stuff and people started knowing our names and and the team and like adam um who does a lot of our installations he's our installation manager who works alongside me yeah. um we nicknamed him on some of the early YouTube videos, The Perfectionist. Yeah. And he yeah. was knocking on people's doors to do their floor and they're like, oh great, I've got The Perfectionist today. Yeah. And people feel like they know the fitters and the team and I think that all helps the community, you know, and, and we'll, there's loads of companies within the motor trade that we help out and they help us out. And like I say, just having people behind the brand and- What would you attribute to how you've managed to create that community? Um, I think just being so active on socials and we're at all the, big events um, and we don't just go and do someone's garage and forget about them you know we're in contact with people yeah. we're still sharing yeah. the content so if, if we see 
uh, a company that we've done work for share a picture of a car they're working on and you can see the floor in the background we'll always share it again yeah, tag them yeah. and um, yeah I suppose it's just staying in contact with clients and yeah, that's another yeah. good thing with the shows you know we're constantly speaking to clients that we've done in the past that come and see us and yeah 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 it's always cool that's amazing keep that going I want to ask this question finally just to wrap things up but um, before I do I remember very clearly talking to Bav and I asked him, I asked him this question, which was, what's the future for the, the Yanomai's brand? Yeah. And um, the way he put it to me was, we are so closely associated, or we were so closely associated to just wrapping cars. Yeah. And he, I think his words were, Yanomai's everywhere, right? And this idea of like building a reputation and a name beyond just wrapping cars, yeah, right. So you you know you've now got the car products with the only you've got the competition and stuff, right? Where do you see the future of the Garage Star brand? Yeah, so in a similar way, um, we'd like to think to get it more known globally. So a lot of stuff's going to be happening in the US market very soon that we can't say too much about, but yeah. that's that's. Um, gonna play a big part we've got some new products coming we've got some um, vehicle lifts you know for uh, the car detailers and stuff who are using ramps and people who want to park one car on top of each other so we've got oh, right, we've, we've got a big big partnership coming up on that as well so new products being introduced to our original clients and yeah we've got garage style germany who have been going about six months um so That's they're doing cool. well so yeah that was our first franchise but yeah, a lot more in the pipeline. So I think just building building the brand up to more of a worldwide brand and um, constantly finding new products to introduce as well. And last question, what would you want the legacy of the brand to be? Um, I suppose just for that sense of community that a lot of people have been involved with the brand at events and yeah. um, obviously clients who have used us. But yeah, just the, the Garage Style community. We've got a Facebook page called the Garage Style community where people are people who are clients or not can join and um they're all discussing different things and projects and yeah, yeah, yeah. i think it's just building that sense of community and and that people yeah. can get involved even if they don't want to want to get a garage done or on in a position to have or the garage even, done so or even not into cars like yeah. there's people on there who are just like not even there because they've got a passion for cars or they probably live in an apartment with no garage at all yeah but they're just part of the the, the community because they have some kind of belonging to it in some way yeah because they might have sort of seen one video and thought oh, that's quite cool you know yeah um, yeah. which is yeah that's that's really cool harry i can't thank you enough man no for thanks to be for a part of this me. man Appreciate um it. i think that this is a testament to a the power of social b doing doing work that is genuinely good i think i think it's fair to say that if you don't if, if you just focused on finding celebrities and doing a sh crap job yeah you wouldn't have got to where you've got to so obviously doing the job right earning their trust um, and then using the power of social to amplify that work is so crucial and uh, the need to just keep going when the when the times are tough is just so so powerful yeah I can't thank you enough man and um, we look forward to seeing yeah. the um, people that you got lined up yeah no thanks no, thanks forward. for having me appreciate it great nah. to finally get it done not at all not at all Harry from Garage Styles <laughs>